Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast Daily, where you can spend a few minutes each day with us to meditate on God's Word. Now, here's today's encouraging message. Hello, I'm Vinny Angelo, and I serve at Golden Hills as the coordinator of small group curriculum and adult education. And today's Golden Hills Podcast Daily will be in the book of Mark, chapter 2. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was home. This is Jesus. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And when he was preaching the word to them, they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near the house because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves and said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and he went out before them so that they were all amazed and glorifying God saying, we've never seen anything like this. This passage is just loaded with stuff, but there are a few main points that we really should look at. The first is that Jesus alone has the divine authority of God to forgive and heal people. And the second is that Jesus oftentimes uses the faith of others to work in someone's life. You know, if we look at chapter one of Mark, we read how Jesus began his ministry. He first proclaimed that the kingdom of God had come in him. And then next he started calling his disciples and then he would start performing miracles. This becomes kind of a pattern in Mark's gospel where Jesus proclaims the gospel. He might call more disciples and then he performs miracles. In chapter two, we find Jesus in a home in Capernaum, which is in Northern Judea. The average size home would have uh, allowed maybe up to 50 people. And that's if they were really smushed in together. So this house was pretty packed. In verse three, we then hear of a problem. There's four guys who are bringing their friend, their friend who is a paralytic, meaning he couldn't walk. They wanted to see if Jesus can heal their buddy, but the house is packed and they cannot get access to Jesus. So the four friends, they go on the roof and they lower the man by his bed. This seems strange. I mean, I'm just imagining a Sealy posturpedic mattress lowering from the sky after shingles have been ripped away. But this is not what's happening. In the Middle East, it was common to hang out on your roof at night as the sun was going down. This is when there would be a breeze that would be blowing through. It's a little cooler and you had a chance to escape from the heat of the day. Most homes had outside staircases to access the roof. Also, many beds in the ancient world were actually just mats. So chances are that this is the thing that the paralytic man laid on all the time. So imagine these four guys, they're bringing their paralytic friend up the stairs and onto this flat roof and, and roofs in the ancient world, they would have beams for support, but the construction of the roof wasn't permanent. It was still open. So to cover the opening branches, openings, branches would be laid on top of the support beams. And then that was covered with dried mud. So while it provided shelter, someone could certainly dig through everything and open up the ceiling. 
This is how the four friends got access to Jesus. They didn't destroy the house, but they did create a little more work for the owner. In verse five, we hear something startling from Jesus after the man has been lowered down. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. To work backwards in this verse, Jesus forgave the sins of the paralytic. It's interesting. The four friends brought the paralytic to be healed, but Jesus declared that the man's sins were forgiven. The religious leaders, they didn't like this. First off, sins were to be atoned for by the offerings that were given at the temple. However, Jesus was a Jew. He was not a Levite. He wasn't a priest. So how was he able to make the sacrifice on behalf of someone wanting forgiveness? This causes a a legal issue. Also, why would Jesus offer forgiveness when the man needed to be healed? Well, it was assumed in the ancient world that if you had some sort of physical ailment or a health issue, that it was a result of your sin. So Jesus was demonstrating that the kingdom of God had come by the healing of the man because the physical healing demonstrated what would be happening for all sins through his ultimate sacrifice. But let's look at that first part of verse five. When Jesus saw their faith. Faith is an interesting thing throughout the gospel of Mark. The first time we hear of it is from Jesus himself, whose public minist- first public words in ministry are him saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That word believe, it's just the verb form of, of faith. This is clearly a call for individuals to believe in his message, to have faith, to believe in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. We see this sort of faith in Mark 5, where a woman who had suffered uh, for years because of a discharge of blood for 12 years, she followed Jesus just to touch his garment. She thought, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. The woman had a faith that didn't allow her to be stopped. Even when all the doctors told her she was helpless, she came up to Jesus who was in a crowd and she just touched his garment. And immediately after touching Jesus, she was completely healed. Now, when Jesus realized what happened, he told the woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Saving faith is always personal. It's, it's something that only I can exercise. Other people can't exercise it for me in a saving way. However, we can see from the gospel of Mark that while God does oftentimes work specifically with us and answers our individual prayers in accordance with our faith. He also at times works through the faith of of others. What we see in the story of the paralytic is that it was the effort and faith of the four friends that Jesus recognized in order to heal the paralytic man. We're not told one way or another what the paralytic man wanted. Jesus didn't ask him if he wanted to be made well, like Jesus did to the invalid man in John chapter five. No, Jesus saw the faith of the paralytic's four friends, and that's what he acted on. The beautiful thing about being in a Christian community is that we're not islands. We aren't meant to do the Christian life alone. There will be times when we must rely on the faith of our four friends to get through a situation. There are times where we're so defeated, so empty, so scared that we have no desire to act in faith. We might even be questioning our faith. So here's our question. If, if you're the person who's struggling, who are your four friends? Who, who are the people who in times of distress are going to lower you down through the roof? 
If you don't have that, brothers and sisters, this is where I encourage you. You're part of a family who will offer that for you. Reach out, establish relationships. Don't do this alone. But my question for those who aren't struggling now, have you sought out opportunities to be one of the four friends to someone? Who can you provide for right now? Provide emotionally, financially, as an encourager? As Paul commands in Galatians 6.2, are you bearing one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ? We're so individualistic in America that this just seems like a strange concept. We feel like we have to do everything ourselves and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. But we have to think that Mark included the story in his gospel for a reason. The best way we can demonstrate that we are disciples of Jesus is by loving one another. And while there is a healthy line between helping others and being codependent, we have a duty to shoulder the burdens of our brothers and sisters. So we have the opportunity to stand before Jesus, bringing him one of our family members and hearing him say, your faith has made that person well. What better way to honor God than to see healing and reconciliation take place among his people? We hope today's episode was a blessing to you. Please make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hills Podcast in your favorite podcast app like Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. And of course, you can always find us on the web at www.goldenhills.org. We hope you'll visit with us again tomorrow.